Welcome to A to Z Sports. I am Zach Bingham. He is Luke Worsham, our Titans reporter here at A to Z Sports. And we are powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Look there right in the middle of the screen. ATOZ Sports. Use that promo code. You get a risk-free $1,000 bet. Hey, man, I've been red hot when it comes to props. Julio over. Now, he didn't finish the game, but did win my prop bet there. And uh, the Titans went over last night uh, and the Bills. So, hey, get in on the action at BetMGM. Man, do the pulse of fitness. Your first workout is absolutely free. 15 minutes. That's all it takes. It is a new way to work out. Go to mandu.com and look for a location near you. Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Go there and enjoy the inventory. Whether it's the Palisade or the Sonata, they got you covered for your perfect make and model. The Bone and Joint Institute right there in Franklin. We got to love the Bone and Joint Institute. It is a state-of-the-art brand-new facility in Franklin, and they have world-class doctors. Both Austin and I have had doctors there operate on us, go under the knife. Uh, Austin had a doctor that uh, at Bone and Joint Institute that fixed his ACL. The Titans may be calling that doc uh, after last <laughs> night. And I had a torn labrum that Dr. Thomas fixed me right up. So they are specialists, and they are outstanding. That's the Bone and Joint Institute and Runner's Warehouse, $89 a month. They are Nashville's professional landlords. That's rennerswarehouse.com. All right, Luke, before we get into Derrick Henry, give me your initial reaction after that game. Surprised? Relieved? What did you think that was going to happen on fourth down or third down or fourth down again? What did you think? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tout myself real quick because I wasn't surprised because I picked the Titans to win. And, you know, I, I saw someone in the chat a minute ago talking about how negative I am about the Titans. That's what Ant says. How, how are Luke and Austin even hired? Because they're so negative about the Titans. And I picked them to win that game yesterday. You should have been watching uh, game day evening live outside of the stadium at 5 o'clock yesterday. Because I thought they were going to win the game because those are the types of games the Titans win under Mike Vrabel. They go to the Jets and they disappoint. They sort of halfway get a win that's not very convincing against the Jaguars. And then they play the best of the best and they rise to the occasion. That That is the Vrabel formula. And so, no, I don't think it was surprising because we should have been able to see that coming with what Vrabel's done in the past. And, and you asked for sort of my, my takeaway from the game before we get into Derrick Henry. Let's talk about the other side of the ball, man. That defense was unbelievable last night. Here's your stat of the game. Bills two of five in the red zone. And that was the difference because the Titans defense, when they needed to, continually got that Bills offense off of the field and got the ball back to Ryan Tannehill and company. And, what I mean, what kind of world are we living in when after the game – I asked Ben Jones sort of what the offense was thinking during that final sequence that led to the Jeffrey Simmons stop. And Ben said, oh, yeah, we were glad they went for it because we knew our defense would get the stop. <laughs> what kind of world are we living in where there's that much confidence in the Titans' defense? Well, look, I, I do think that there is confidence within the Titans' team. Uh, I, you know, they are a team. and this last is not just, year. But, well, it's not a newly put-together team. You know, you still have Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and some of the, uh, you know, Harold Landry has stepped up in a massive way. Kevin Byard is a leader on this team. Jeffrey Simmons has emerged as a leader. And Vrabel 
has been a good leader. Now, uh, he, just like anybody, he's made his mistakes. But I do think that this is a close-knit group, and it showed last night because when push come to shove, can you make a stop when you need to? Well, they did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll ask you this before we get into Derrick Henry. October 18th, that's when the game was played. Can a big win be on October 18th, or does it have to be late in the season? I think a big win can absolutely be on October 18th because of uh, the caliber of opponent. This is a team that had the number one ranked offense and the number one ranked defense heading into this game. And, you know, I don't think the Titans need a confidence boost. A lot of people talk about, you know, how much does a win like that give you confidence? I don't think that matters because you mentioned they're a tight knit group. Vrabel's been there a while. This is not a group who needs belief in, in some way. But for us, especially, and we'll get into this certainly in our, our second topic, as you see there in the graphic, the AFC shakeup. I think for us, this is a win that can contextualize what this team is capable of in October. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about King Henry because, man, what a night for the King. And mm-hmm. he he was on full display in front of a lot of people. A lot of people watch Monday Night Football, obviously. His stat line, Derrick Henry, 20 carries. You love to see not 29 or 30 or 32. You love to see 20 for 143 yards, 7.2 yards per carry, three touchdowns and a long of 76. He did have 13 yards receiving. I thought it was funny that the bet MGM over under number for receiving yards was 13 and a half. So uh, that confirms how good uh, bet MGM is. What a night, man. I mean, yeah. did, did you see that coming? I mean, like it, it, I, they ha- he had the one big run and that kind of obviously set the tone, but I mean, he was the reason why they stayed into that game. Yeah, it's interesting with Derrick Henry and the big run because right before that play happened, I think Buffalo had just scored. The Titans really needed something to get going on offense. It had been very anemic to that point. And I, I looked at, at Terry McCormick, who I was sitting next to. I said, they need to take a downfield shot here. They need to get something going downfield. And then they get a one-play drive with a 76-yard touchdown run. I look back at Terry. I'm like, well, I guess that's as good as a shot giving it to Derrick Henry because that's what he does is he makes those big plays. So am I surprised? Did I expect that? Of course you expect that with Derrick Henry. I I think the surprise is that he only got 20 carries, right? Which is a good thing because we've been talking about how they needed to lessen his load. And I think Mike Vrabel said it best after the game. He got asked about Derrick's performance and he said, uh, we put a lot on Derrick. We get on his back and he is willing and able to carry us. And, and I think that that perfectly sums it up. Vrabel also said that uh, that Henry is sort of like always in the back pocket. You know, when the offense isn't working, when it looks clunky, you can at least just give it to him, and, and good things are probably going to happen. And uh, we're watching a very special, very rare unprecedented to some extent NFL career here with Derrick and, Henry. And in an era that bucks the trend, right? Yes. I think that Titans fans know. They know what's up. I think America 
they see it, but they don't realize it, yeah. feel it, and watch it, right? Well, because Austin had a great tweet last night where he said Derrick Henry has rushed for what two hundred or three hundred something yards in the last two games, and nobody outside of Tennessee or Alabama gives a flip. Yeah, and and that's true. To go over a little bit of Derrick Henry stats because I, I do want to ask our our featured question and get everybody's opinion because I think it's a really good question. I cannot wait to see the percentage because I don't think I think Titans fans realize what's going on. But man, this is an MVP type campaign. I mean, if you look at the numbers, Derrick Henry right now has 783 yards rushing. That's 260 more yards than the second guy, which is Nick Chubb. 250 or 62 more yards than Ezekiel Elliott. So he is like far and above what the pace of everybody else is, the field. On top of that, if you look at Derrick Henry's statistics, 783, as I said, he already has 10 touchdowns through six games. Last year, he had 17. The year before, he had 16. The year before, he had 12. He already has 10. Yeah. They've only played six games. They have another game. <laughs> I mean, we need to start talking about Derrick Henry potentially breaking LaDainian Tomlinson's touchdown record at this point. I mean, it, it's it's trending in that direction. Now, does have 162 attempts, right? So he has a lot of carries. But we're going to ask this question, Luke. And the question is, what is the percent chance that Derrick Henry actually wins the MVP? Because I do want to talk about who he did last night's performance on. Because I think Josh Allen was in the mouths of a lot of people when mm -hmm. it came to MVP, and he showed him out. So what percentage chance Derrick Henry wins the MVP? Comment in the comment section. We got a good group this morning live on A to Z Sports. Before we get there, I want to talk about Mandu. Mandu is the pulse of fitness. Your first workout is absolutely free. Mandu.com. It is unbelievable how it can change your life. Only 15 minutes. It actually emulates five hours of working out. You could think BS. No, it's not BS. I do it every single week. Austin does it every single week. We love Mandu. Go in there. Your first workout is absolutely free. And if you sign up, say A to Z Sports sent you, they'll get $100 off. So we've really hooked you up. That's mandu.com. Luke, tell the fine folks about BetMGM. Yeah, let's talk about BetMGM because they have a great deal going on for you right now. If you download the BetMGM app today and you give them the promo code that you see there on your screen, A to Z Sports, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. It's a great deal to take advantage of if you're new to the sports betting world. Maybe you've watched our pick show or you just see people talking on Twitter all the time about point spreads and props and parlays and everything, and, and you want some of that, right? You want to get involved. This is a great deal for you to get your feet wet. Or if you're a veteran and you're just looking for a new book to try out, a new deal to take advantage of, this is for you as well. So wherever you are in the sports betting landscape, download BetMGM, use that promo code A to Z Sports, and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. Can't beat that. The question that we're asking, percent chance Derrick Henry wins the MVP. Most va valuable player. Let me scroll up, and we'll go through some of these. 
Guy says 15. Keelan says 80. Lane says 10. David says 25. William says 67. After last night, 33 from Cody. 10% from Will. Chris says 30. Steven says 49. John says 5. Elizabeth, Liz, our our girl, says 40%. Titans are too small of a market. Can't really disagree with that. Scoop says 30%. Steven says 22%. He's still undermined until the championship. Caleb says 10. So does Jason. If he keeps it up, 40% chance. And Jason says zero. Luke, what do you say? I say 67 because, like you mentioned, Zach, I think the nation saw it last night with Derrick Henry. I think the nation saw what Derrick Henry means to this team. And even if you're not breaking down tape of Titans games or, or watching them live like we do, just look at the stat sheet. It, it's otherworldly, the things that Derrick Henry is doing. But, but when you put the stats with watching this team and, and talking about Derrick Henry as an MVP, it goes beyond just the crazy stats. It goes beyond the 76-yard touchdown. This is why Derrick Henry is the MVP, in, in my opinion, at this point so far in the season. Derrick Henry is the MVP because of what he means to the Titans offense. Because the Titans would maybe be one in five right now without Derrick Henry. I firmly believe that. If it was any other uh, running back in the NFL, even Nick Chubb, I'm going to say, maybe. <laughs> that might be a stretch. But Derrick Henry has been the engine behind this Titans offense so far. And the passing game has been so bad with injuries to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown with with pass protection problems, which, by the way, went out the window yesterday for some reason. No sacks for Tannehill. Um, Derrick Henry's been the saving grace. Derrick Henry has been the force that has allowed them to start the season four and two. And I think without him, they would be one and five, potentially. We would be sitting here talking about firing Mike Vrabel. Jonathan brings up a really good point. And I think he's getting the love of the show so far. Because... You see this a lot in the NBA. The Russell Westbrook performance, the triple-double, James Harden. LeBron doesn't get it every year, even though he's probably the most valuable. That's probably proven from when he leaves and the team goes to trash. Jonathan says he quite literally is the most valuable player on the Titans. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree. Now, the problem is the NFL doesn't work the same way as the NBA. You know? Yeah. My percentage is 22. And I'll do 22 because of Derrick Henry. But I think that um, it's going to be tough for him to win the MVP award. Because it's going to be a lot about the Titans. Yes. Can the Titans... And it will lead us into our next topic here in a second. And Adrian Peterson, you know, Bobby brings up him. That was a different age. I believe that was 2012. Yes, uh, 2012. And that was a completely different era. Social media wasn't as prevalent 10 years ago, right? And so I think Derrick Henry has some of the benefit of the social media, but Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, those guys do. Now, I'm going to bring up BetMGM's odds. Pulled okay. these this morning. 
take a look at these. Derrick Henry is plus 2,200. <laughs> Can you believe that, Luke? And some of the names ahead of him just don't really make a whole lot of sense. Patrick Mahomes is not playing very well. I mean, I guess, you know, it's betting. It's not based necessarily on what's happened so far. It's based on a projection. And you would think Patrick Mahomes will, will turn things around. But I would pick Derrick Henry right now over all of those players, save maybe Kyler Murray. I'd be willing to have the conversation. And Dak Prescott because he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But, but I'm talking about deserving the award, not necessarily likelihood to get it. And you mentioned, Zach, last night, it's Derrick Henry toe-to-toe with Josh Allen. It's the chance for us to sort of maybe break that disparity in the MVP voting. And it was Derrick Henry who came out on top. Josh Allen didn't really do anything last night. He threw a touchdown to Cole Beasley, who didn't have anyone within 15 yards of him. And and that was really it. He didn't do a whole lot. Whereas Derrick Henry, uh, as Vrabel said, sort of put the game on his shoulders. Luke, who's at the bottom left-hand corner of the screen? Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I don't know why he's in the conversation. Well, and after last night, I, I, I don't either. Again, I pulled those this morning. I, I mean, you put a couple of dollars on on Derrick Henry. I don't think that's stupid. I actually, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> you, you, you've kind of talked me into it. I got BetMGM up. Let me sign in real quick. And the best part is BetMGM gave me a free $10 bet yesterday because it was Monday. I'm a part of the Monday bet club. Get a part Mm -hmm. of the club. It's the only way to do it. I'm going to put right now, I'm going to go to NFL. I'm going to go to futures. I'm going to place this bet right now. Plus 2,200. Apply bet. $10 free to win 220. You can see that right there at the bottom of the screen. We're going to lock it in, place free bet. Boom. Processing went Fantastic. And, you know, Zach, what I think separates Derrick Henry from other running backs, because I think you bring up a good point about it's a new era and people love the quarterbacks and the social media and Josh Allen. People love Josh Allen. People love K1, Kyler Murray. People love Derrick Henry, too. Like, let, let's not act like this guy is some, you know, boring person that the national media doesn't know about or understand. Like, people love talking about Derrick Henry, right? People love talking about Derrick Henry. Pull up just about any national conversation about the Titans, and they'll mention Julio, and they'll mention A.J. Brown, but they're going to they're gonna talk about Derrick Henry, and I think that, that that makes a legitimate difference when you talk about winning one of these national awards. So your percentage was 67? 67. I'm at 22. We'll find out. And they're going to need him next week against Kansas City, and they're not going to play as good of a defense next week because Kansas City's got problems. Now, we'll yeah. find out. I don't know if Chris Jones will be back. I know he was out against Washington. They got, they got some injuries just like the Titans, and we'll discuss those. But now let's move to really the ramifications of last night. Mm-hmm. Because I do think that it changed some things. And 
I'm curious, Luke, about your expectations prior to October 18th and now your expectations for the Titans sitting here on October 19th on Tuesday morning. So we'll get to those, but first I am going to talk about the Bone and Joint Institute. I talked to you guys about not fumbling on your recovery. Austin and I have both been impacted by the Bone and Joint Institute. It's a state-of-the-art facility, and you get injured. You get older. It happens whether you're around the yard or you got a bad or an old injury that's now starting to creep up on you, a bad knee or a hip. Go to the specialists at the Bone and Joint Institute. They can fix you up, and they are they're awesome. They truly are. That is right there in Franklin, Tennessee, the boneandjointinstitute.com. Today, if you download the BetMGM app, you give them the promo code A to Z Sports, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. All right, Luke. What were your expectations before last night? What are your expectations for the Titans right now? So, I don't know that my expectations necessarily changed. Here's what did happen, though. I think my expectations, and and really our expectations probably, reset. Because going into this season, right, we were talking about the the pick-your-poison offense. We're talking about how finally they've got some cohesion on the defensive coaching staff. The team's not going to be confused and wandering around, you know, like that on defense. And our expectations for this Titans team were division championship, of course, and in a playoff run. And whether that led to the Super Bowl or not, you know, you hope for the best for the Titans, of course. But that was sort of the expectation. And then after the first five weeks of the season, you kind of look and you're like, man, is this team any good? Seattle win was nice, but they had two sort of unconvincing wins against the Colts and the Jaguars and in two embarrassing losses to Arizona and and the Jets and you start to wonder is is this team really good because in the past they they've underwhelmed against the bad teams but when the good ones come up they rise to the occasion and that's been the formula and it's frustrating and it's annoying but it works and that's the formula and so you go into last night's game against that good of an opponent and you say all right is the formula still there the formula that got them to the AFC championship the formula that led to them going 11 and five in 2020 is that formula still there? And the Titans answered that yesterday with the resounding yes, that formula is still there. So I don't know that I have new expectations. I don't know that I so much changed them, but I think it should reset for all of us, the expectations we had for the Titans coming into the season, because when you're able to have that complete of a performance where every part of your team, special teams, passing game, running game, pass defense, run defense, where it all comes together like that against that good of a team, you're really capable of just about anything, even when you have the the clunkers and the duds that a Mike Vrabel team is bound to have. I don't disagree with anything that you've just said. Is there a concern that they rely on Derrick Henry too much? Or have you seen enough in the past two and a half years from Ryan Tannehill that makes you feel okay about that, of their reliance? Yeah, I don't think they relied on Henry too much last night. I think they probably did the first uh, five weeks of the season. Henry only carried the ball 20 times last night, and we've been seeing him carry – you know, 28, 29, 30, and he was on pace to shatter the single-season carries record 
Uh, I don't know if he still is, but he was heading into last night's game. Uh, but they have a counterpunch when A.J. Brown is healthy. I mean, that guy is, is really, really good. He reminded us of that last night. And, and what he sort of joked was his flu game, right? Derrick Henry said they had to make sure they had enough toilet paper so that A.J. Brown could, could play in the game last night. Uh, Julio, I, I man, I, I don't know what's going on with that guy. Um, and we'll get to that when we talk about injuries. But when you've got A.J. Brown and he's healthy and you can involve him like you did last night over the middle and, and through the play action – You've got the counterpunch. So I think Will Buttry on Facebook brings up a good point. And that is the Titans tend to play to their opponents at times. You know, they they were a shell of themselves against the Jets because they didn't have AJ or Julio, right? All they had was Derrick Henry, and all they were doing is kicking field goals in the first half. They played to the Bills last night and they got the job done. Yeah. Can they follow that up with a performance over the next three weeks against the Chiefs, Colts, and Rams, right? Can they play to those opponents, right? Mm -hmm. Because you do have the benefit of a bad division. The AFC South is the worst division. It, yeah. It's not the NFC beast of last year. But after the Titans, it is. Yeah, I mean, I've said several times on, on here and on podcasts and like the Titans could be a, a lot worse than they are and still I think, pretty easily win this division. I mean, if, if they beat the Colts in two weeks, it's over practically. All right, here's the question. Can the Titans be the number one seed in the AFC? Now that they have the tie break over the Bills, I, I, I kind of just want a yes or a no answer. I... I I know that that's simple. We usually don't do that here on A to Z Sports. But can the Titans actually be the number one seed in the AFC? And look, we got a thousand percent yes, and then we have uh, Elk seventy with just no. <laughs> right. That, that's why I think it's a good question. Stephen says yes. Look, I mean, no, yes, no, yes. Yes, no, 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 yes, yes. Yes, yes, no, no. <laughs> big divide. I mean, this is a big divide. And uh, Throne says, no, if the Ravens keep playing like they are, you definitely, you don't play the Ravens this year in the regular season. Mm -hmm. But then here's a string of yeses. As long as Henry can do his thing, Maurice, yes, no, nope, Joe, yes. I mean, this is they are split. The chat is split. We got a yeah. big audience this morning. Luke, where do you reside? I'm with the nose, Zach. I'm with the nose. And here's why I'm with the nose. The Titans can beat any team in the league. The Bills were the best of the best. And the Titans grinded out a tough physical win, like I said a minute ago, where everything, to a certain extent, went well. Titans can also lose to any team. The Jets. Shellacked by the Cardinals in week one. Now, we, we now know the Cardinals are, are really, really good, but, but they can get embarrassed. And I don't think the Titans are consistent enough week to week to get that number one seed. Because that number one seed, more often than not, I know we're in a 17-game season, but but 
in the past, in the 16 game seasons, it's like 12 and four, 13 and three, right? That's what gets you that number one seed. And, and I just don't see the Titans having the week to week consistency to get there. They'll win the division. They're going to host a playoff game. And, and, and they're certainly going to be in that playoff game. And, and, and th- I think this will explain what I mean by what I'm saying. I think the Titans have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than they do of winning the AFC in the regular season. But Vrabel has told us, because he knows from his time in New England, the easiest way to win a Super Bowl is the number one seed. Like Tom Brady did it from the wild card last year, but that was an anomaly, right? And so that, I, I, I think, yes, you can do that, but it's a lot easier to do it as the number one seed. This is how I answer the question, because I look at the competition. Beating the Bills was massive. Like, that tie break is a full game, and down the stretch, the Bills are going to have some tough competition. So I look... I look around the league. Who are you competing against? I think you're you're competing. I think the Chargers, I don't think they're there yet. I think they'll regress and slip up like they did against the Ravens last week. The Raiders, there's too much going on. The Chiefs, you have a lead against, and next week is massive. The Ravens, I think, is your main competition. I think the Ravens are probably the, the leaders in the clubhouse to get the number one seed. The one thing with Baltimore, they still play the Browns twice, the Steelers, the Packers, the Rams, and the Steelers. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's six tough games. And then they got the Bengals twice, and the Bengals can surprise you, right? The the Bengals can get you. The Titans, if you look at their schedule – I mean, the hard games that they have on their schedule are the Chiefs, the Rams. I'll throw in the Patriots and the Steelers. Those and even the Patriots four. and the Steelers are very iffy good teams. And I saw a funny tweet yesterday. It said uh, the Patriots only need a few more moral victories to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the AFC race will be interesting because the – AFC East is not good because the Dolphins aren't good. The Jets are really bad. And then we talked about the Patriots. The Titans can really take advantage of playing the Texans still twice, already having a game up on the Colts, and they've already beaten the Jacks. They've already kind of proven that. And that was a way, so they get them at home. My answer is yes. I believe that they can. I don't know if they will, but I believe that they can. So, so that takes believing that this team can be consistent week in and week out. And, and you believe that, that they can each week sort of – not, you know, they're not going to go 11-0 and 0 for the rest of the season. But what, they're 4-2 and two right now? Like what, what record do you think it will take to win the AFC? Because that's going to answer how, how what your expectations really are for the Titans. Prob- probably four losses or five losses. So probably that's four. Thirteen and four, uh, twelve and five. Yeah, so they get two slip up games, but they can't be against the Chiefs, right? That's that is the one thing. 
you can't slip up against the Chiefs. And but really, that's it. I'm and the I mean, Steelers, I'm, maybe. I'm really interested to see how this game goes. I'm already looking forward to Sunday. It's only five days from now. Um, that'll be interesting. But, but no, I, I believe they can. And Liz brings up the Titans are going to lose more than four games. This is a unique schedule, though. They've caught the Colts, and the Colts are playing better, but the Jags and the Texans are the worst two teams. I mean, they still get to play Jacksonville again. They play Houston twice. The Colts are passable, but they're still a dud team. I think you have a point there. And Steven says they have to hope the Ravens slip up. That's my point. The Ravens have a tougher road ahead than the Titans do. Here are the two things that I think will either get them the number one seed or prevent them. And it's pretty simple. It's A.J. Brown and their secondary. I think that they can win with just A.J. Brown. I don't think that they can win with just Julio Jones. Because I don't think Julio Jones has been reliable enough. He hasn't been on the team enough. He doesn't have the rapport with Tannehill enough. But if A.J. stays healthy and their secondary, and I don't know how the hell their secondary is going to prove, but those are the two things that I think, because Derrick Henry and Tannehill I believe in, the offensive line played better last night. The defensive line's playing gangbusters. Like, I, those are my reasoning behind that. Let's get to the injuries, though. Okay. Because that crept up on them last night in a bad way. Luke's going to give yeah. us an injury update from what we know. But first, I am going to tell everybody about Renner's Warehouse. Renner'sWarehouse.com. Nashville's professional landlords. They've got you covered $89 per month. That's all it takes for them to manage your rental property. And that's cash flow for you. You make money off of that. Nashville's professional landlords go to renterswarehouse.com or you can give them a call. You can Google them. It's very, very easy. Just Google Renters Warehouse Nashville and they will take care of you at renterswarehouse.com. So maybe you heard our earlier conversation about Derrick Henry winning MVP and you're wanting to place a future bet on that. Well, then why don't you head to BetMGM and take advantage of this promo code you see on your screen there? Because if you give them the promo code A to Z Sports, they're going to give you a risk free bet of up to $1,000. All right, time to look at the injury report. Yes. No Two things out. that we know are not looking good um, are, first of all, Caleb Farley and Cam Batson. Isn't that right? Yeah, they're done. Paul Kaharski had last night that both of them uh, tore their ACLs. I mean, obviously, the Farley one is a little bit bigger of a blow than Batson. Both tough for the guys, of course, but Batson's, you know – a fifth wide receiver, special teams player. He's he's replaceable. Uh, the the Farley one is going to hurt. Not that Farley was playing terribly well. His, his sort of debut as a starter last night was disappointing. But they're they're really thin in the secondary right now um, because Chris Jackson also went down last night. I I want to say he had a hamstring injury. I'm I'm fact checking that right now. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's not great for the Titans secondary. It's Jack Rabbit Jenkins. It's um, it's Elijah Molden. And then a whole lot of question marks. Maybe uh, Breon Borders, uh, it's, uh, who, who Josh Allen attacked last night. So, 
you, you don't love what they got going on right now with Christian Fulton on IR and Caleb Barley soon to join him there. Yeah, that's a big blow. And Caleb Farley, you thought, could step in for Christian Fulton very nicely. And that's not going to be the case. And you hate that for a young guy in his career. It just, man, you just hate it. I, I, I'm not saying he was playing well because he, he didn't really even get an opportunity, right? I mean, that was that was kind of his debut to to see what he had. And it was an unfortunate injury. Yeah, so Chris Jackson was a foot, not a hamstring. Still not good. No. You need your foot to cover wide receivers. What else do we have? So we also have Taylor Lewan. That's the the sort of maybe obvious one. He went down. Uh, Titans PR said he had movement in all of his extremities. He's being evaluated for a concussion. I mean, you knew when they brought the stretcher out that it was head-neck injury territory. He gave a thumbs up on his way out. The crowd chanted his name. It was a, a very nice thing to see, especially after uh, the, the the 180 from the booing in week one. Um, scary, serious situation. But the reality with those head neck injuries is, for the most part, unless it's very serious, they don't take you out for a whole heck of a lot of time. So I, I guess in that way, it's positive news. Like you don't want anyone to get a concussion, but – you know, in terms of the uh, utility for this team, the concussion is probably better than the knee or something like that that would keep him out for a longer amount of time. Yeah, that was a weird thing. Like, you know, I, I felt like it was one of those deals where I couldn't see the injury. And usually in concussions, I mean – and look, who am I to say? I mean, they, they obviously were dealing with very a lot of precaution with, with LeWan when it came to bringing out a stretcher. I don't think they do that lightly. And he obviously, it was a very awkward injury, and you hope the best. And I think it was a very good thing that he was able to feel his extremities. He was starting to get better, and I think that's the one thing. You hope that you can get him back maybe not this week who knows but he, he was starting to trend he was playing a hell of a lot better than week one and you need guys yeah Lawan played fine after uh the week one debacle and then sitting out against Seattle he had a bad play last week but it was a bit of an outlier I mean there was one sack I guess he gave up where he was like having to block two guys because Derrick Henry was in the wrong place Lawan's been fine. He he has settled in nicely, and uh, they will anxiously await his return whenever that can happen. What else do we got? JJ, Julio Jones, hamstring, maybe tightness. I don't know. Why can't that guy stay on the field? It's it's a real problem. It's it's a fiasco. Um, you know. And I, I got it wrong. I, I thought that they were resting him because he didn't have a hamstring, but ends up that hamstring was not good. And Julio Jones talked to the media, Luke, you know that last week. And mm-hmm. what did he say? He said, oh, I was just tight. He was very coy, he was sort of being jokey, but what hamstring injury, he said. And I think that came back and bit the Titans, you know? Like, I get – 
I'll be honest, I don't think you're going to see Julio for several weeks. Probably not. Once you re-injure something, and it sounds like that happened, you have to be very conservative with that injury. Is this a Julio problem, or is this a Titans problem with how they're handling this? Or is it both? Probably both, but based on the history, it sounds like it's a Julio problem. It's very strange. What did like, he What did he miss games last year with? Uh, was it hamstring? I, I believe can't it remember. was. Well, I don't understand why the Titans like like I remember during pregame watching players warm up and walk out of the tunnel. You see Julio Jones and AJ Brown walk out of the tunnel, and you're like all right, this should be a fun game to watch because the two good receivers are going to play, and they don't usually. That's not a thing around the NFL. You don't look at, uh, you know, the Chargers and Jam- – or excuse me, the, the Bengals and Jamar Chase, right? I know Jamar Chase is a rookie. But it's not a thing where week-to-week Bengals fans are like, well, are we going to get the good receivers today or are we going to get the backup Because, like – you just play. The good guy goes out and plays. And I don't know why this is happening with the Titans, where it's like every week almost playing Russian roulette, whether A.J. Brown or Julio Jones or both are going to play. And I know Brown played last night and played very well and came out healthy. He'll play next week, too. But this is very strange. This is not normal for every single week us sitting here, well, how many snaps is AJ going to get? And and this also, this conversation about like, well, uh, you're not playing a very good team, so you might want to like, that's not normal. In in normal NFL, you just play your good players. Well, it's do you think that they're overthinking the 17-game season? Probably. I think, they are, I think they overthink a lot of things. And Nate, to clarify, I said several weeks, not seven, several weeks. I believe uh, they'll probably sit Julio down. And what do you know, from 2020 last year, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones ruled out for lingering hamstring injury. He injured it in training camp last year, strained it again in a week two loss at Dallas, and was inactive for the next couple of games. So that sounds like this year, but that was last year. Uh, This lingering hamstring, it doesn't look like it's going away. And they need Julio Jones because it's about threat. We saw what Julio could do last night. We saw it against Seattle in week two. He torched Seattle's defense in week two, over 100 receiving yards. Should have had even more if not for that blown call in the back of the end zone. And then that catch, that the acrobatic circus trapeze catch that he made on the sideline, that was right in front of where I was sitting. And as soon as it happened, the officials come in and they wave it off and say he's out of bounds. And I turn to Terry, I'm like, that was a catch. Like He, he very clearly got both of his feet in bounds. And they end up not even reviewing it. Official came in and 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 waved it off and ruled it a, a catch. Like that's what it, that's what Julio Jones can do. The whole, uh, you know, I know with the Chiefs, there's this joke with Patrick Mahomes. It's like, "F it, Tyreek out there somewhere." Right? That's what Julio Jones can be for the Titans. Tannehill can just sort of have the the screw it. Julio's out there somewhere. Yeah. Well, so I, that kind of wraps up our injury report, right? Yeah. I, I think they'll get Lawan back, maybe not this week, but the next. It just depends on concussion protocol. They're not getting Cam Batson or Caleb Farley back. 
No. And Julio Jones, I would highly, it would be highly unlikely for him to play against the Chiefs. So next man up is going to have to step up. Yeah. And I, I want to write about that this week because look, I'm all for next man up and you have to have that attitude, that mindset to be in the NFL. Cause you know, as Vrabel always says, the NFL has a 100% injury rate, right? Everyone gets hurt. There is no 100% healthy in the NFL, but at a certain point, you just run out of talent. And before you know, Vrabel, we start, well, no, Vrabel, I was going to say, go ahead. Go ahead. Vrabel just likes to talk about, you know, we'll, we'll find 22. We'll put 22 people out there, but like that can only work for so long. At a certain point, you run out of gas. Before we get to our sports trivia, I was going to play uh, a clip from Vrabel, his, his press conference last night. Maybe we can react to it. Here's Mike Vrabel at the podium. Well, we feel like we can beat anybody in the league. I mean, whether you do it, that's the mentality that we take. Uh, these games, we put a lot into them. They take a lot out of you, as you guys can see, uh, with, with some of the players that, that were injured. We'll recruit and we'll find out where we're at and we'll get ready to, to take on another excellent, um, you know, opponent match. But that's just, that's just what it is. I think I take away the most of that was the first line that he said. Because I, I believe Mike Vrabel when he says, we believe that we can beat anybody. I believe that they can beat anybody. I believe that they can beat anybody. I think they proved that last night. Now, they can lose to the Jets, but they can beat anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a prototypical NFL team. I mean, the Bucs lost a couple of games. They got shellacked by the Saints. I don't remember if you remember that. Last year on Sunday Night Football, it was like 38-3. to Packers. The Bucs ended up winning the or, Super Bowl. Was this the Bucs? Or, sorry, the yeah, 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 the, the, the Bucks. The Bucks okay. winning, uh, winning the Super Bowl. They yeah. had a down game. Mm -hmm. There's a difference, though, between losing to the Saints and then losing to the New York Jets. Yeah, Tom Brady's and, not losing to the Jets ever. Ever. <laughs> and so that's what they have to figure out. How can they not lose to the, the Jets or down the stretch? Because who's comparable to the Jets? Jacksonville, Houston. Jacksonville, Houston, and, and hell, the way Miami's playing, Miami. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate for them. But fortunate for the Titans because yes. if they end their season, and look at this, and the 49ers aren't playing great too. They're, they're figuring out Trey Lance. But the last two games of the season before the playoffs, Dolphins, Texans. That's a good end of the season. Mm -hmm. All right, Luke. And everybody else, the chat, put your zebra coats on because <laughs> we've got one thing to do. I love those. I love those. Sports trivia time, Luke. And we have NFL officiating 101 quiz. I can't wait. All right. So it looks like there are, we got 10 questions. We'll see how we do. Okay. All right. First question. The Dolphins punt to the Bengals. The Bengals return man muffs the punt at his own 28-yard line. The ball bounces to the 31-yard line where it is picked up 
by a Dolphins coverage man. Okay. He re- then runs that ball into the end zone. Okay. Is it a touchdown? Yes is, or no? It is not a touchdown. It's dead ball where the muff punt is recovered by the punt team. Because you cannot advance a muff punt, correct? Correct. correct. Have you ever been able to advance a punt? No, you can't advance a muffed punt and you can't advance a recovered onside kick. A.J. Brown did that against Indianapolis, though. He No, he was on the return team. Like, if you recover your own kick, you can't, oh, you can't advance You are it. correct. So, we are going with no. It is not a touchdown. No. Correct? Correct. I agree. You want to lock that in? You got to say final A to Z. Final A to Z. Let's lock it in. All right. Next up, a Jets defensive lineman trying to entice a Patriots offensive lineman to false start, snarls and growls at the man before uh, finning a motion. The Patriots lineman, paying more attention to the Jets lineman than the snap count, raises out of his stance. None of the officials closest to the player, the heads lineman, judge, line judge, umpire, referee, hear the growling. What does the referee call? Delay of game? Illegal motion on the offense, offsides on the defense, or false start on the offense? So my understanding has always been that if you f- you can growl all you want, but if you fake a rush, like if you act like you're about to rush and you don't, my understanding is that that's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. It's why that doesn't happen. Because if that wasn't a flag, it would you'd be a deep lineman and you'd just be you know sitting there flinching to try to so get the all-line jump. So it says none of the – officials closest to the player hear the growling yeah i don't think the growling matters i think so this has to be a false start on the offense yeah yeah if if you don't see them i would think that would be the call i don't because the penalty is is not delay of game the penalty is unsportsmanlike conduct and since that's not an option my gut says illegal motion the Patriots lineman raises out of his stance. That is a false start, though, not yeah. a legal motion. Well, is that like, is that, I think those two phrases are interchangeable, no? Like, for what is false start is an illegal motion from the offensive lineman. But that's, we have both of those options. So oh, it has to be one or the other. Oh, I think it's a false start. I agree. You want to lock that in? I'm going to lock that in. That seems to be what the folks at home think. Eric says false start. Rob says false start. Bobby says false start isn't a legal motion. Yeah, I guess a legal motion is like when a receiver motions in, but we'll lock that in. All right, we really need some help on this one because I have no idea. The home team is required to provide how many footballs for gameplay, not including kicking situations? 32, 36, 24 or 28. I've definitely read this number before. I don't know. Chat, we need your help. Home team required to provide how many footballs for gameplay, not including kicking situations. I've got 32, new, 36, 24, 28. I've got my new copy of the uh, Seth Wickersham Patriots book over there. And I bet, I bet the answer's in that book somewhere talking about the flake gate. So we've got 32, 32, but then we got two 28s. It's either between 32 or 28, it sounds like. I, I think 
28 sounds right, but then I also think 32. What do you think? Dustin says 16 per team. I think I read, so 32. That sounds I, – I, I'll buy that. 32, you want to lock it in? Let's lock it in. Locked in at 32. All right, next question. Which official functions as the backup timekeeper? The field judge, the heads lineman, the line judge, or the umpire? I I don't know. I didn't know there was a timekeeper. I just thought the official clock was what was on the banner. Um, backup. This is keeper. really a niche question right here. The backup timekeeper. Field judge, heads lineman, line judge, or umpire? I'm going to say umpire. That's what Lucas thinks. Cody says umpire. Umpire? That's what I think. What do you think? I mean, it does make sense. Headlinesman. Field ju- I think it's umpire. I'm going to go with umpire. You want to lock it in? sounds right. Yeah, we'll lock that in. All right, it's locked in. Let's see here. Which member of the offensive team can request a playable ball during inclement weather conditions? Wide receiver, quarterback, center, or running back? It has to be quarterback, right? Or center. Ooh. Which member of the offensive team can request a playable ball during inclement weather conditions? This strikes me as something that's not a real rule. Like, if the left tackle asks for a new ball, is the ref going to say, sorry, you don't play the correct position? Well, wide receiver, quarterback, center, or running back. It's got to be between the quarterback or center. I think it could be the center. Yeah, that's that. I, I don't know. Are we overthinking this and it's actually quarterback? It's kind of the hard part about trivia. A lot of folks say center. Cam says center. Steven says center. That's what Dave said. That's what Lucas said. That's what Ed said. I think we go with center. You want to lock it in? Let's lock it in. All right. A Cowboys running back breaks into the Raiders secondary on a big running play. Okay. While making the ta- tackle, a Raiders defender grasps the back of the fast maze, or face mask and twists it to help force the runner down. How much yardage would be tacked on to the end of the play? 15. It's a personal foul. 15. Let's lock it in. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six so far. Okay. We got four more. Which two officials are responsible for ruling on the success of a field goal attempt? Oh, man. The field judge and side judge, the umpire and side judge, the back judge and umpire, or the back judge and field judge? Um, I think it's the back judge makes sense, right? Because it's the back. Back judge and field judge would make the most sense. Yeah, that's that's where I, what I was thinking as you were reading the options. I don't see any answers in the chat yet. Rob says back judge, field judge. That's what we were thinking. Lucas says BJ, FJ. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. You want to lock it in? Let's lock it in. Final A to Z. Back judge, field judge. All right. Next 
question. The Panthers punter lines up for in formation at the Saints 42-yard line, but instead okay. of punting the ball, he performs a drop kick, which sails between the uprights with room to spare. Okay. Is this a legal play? If it's actually a drop kick, if it hit the ground, yeah. I mean, Doug Flutie did it for PAT. Um, like I don't, there's no formation rule. Like, I mean, if you wanted to run a field goal from under center, you could, as long as it gets down and someone kicks it, you know, there's no rule on that. So I think it's a good field goal. I guess we've kind of seen that before. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So the chat says, yes, you want to lock it in, lock it in final A to Z. All right. Next up, let's see. Is this nine right here? Um, let's see. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, this is nine. Okay. Early in the first quarter, the Browns are forced to punt from their own end zone. The Bears' return man gives a valid fair catch signal and catches the ball on the 50-yard line. He is hit and fumbles the football, which the Browns recover at the Bears' 46-yard line. Where does the referee spot the ball? The Browns um, 35, 41, 46, or 28? So the real question is, what's the penalty distance for kick-catch interference? Because that's the call. So caught at the 50, so that's where the penalty occurred. I want to say it's a 10-yard penalty. It's not a personal foul, but I also don't think it's a 5-yard penalty. 10 sounds right, so that would be the 40. But that's not an option. 35, 41, 46, or 28. 45, then, because it's not a 15-yard penalty. It doesn't matter whether it's recovered? No, it's like the, the what happens after the penalty is meaningless. It's going to be So it's a 15-yard penalty. It's got to be at the Browns. 35-yard I'm saying I'm saying I think it's a five-yard penalty, kick-catch interference. I don't think it's a personal foul. But it's not – that's not an option. For, 35. The, uh, the, uh, the punting team's 45. That is, is not that an one? option. Okay. Then it would be the 35. It's got to be a 15-yard penalty. So I thought it was 10, but – yeah, that's what everyone in the chat seems to think. Steven says 35. Eric says 35. Dustin says 35. That sounds right. All right, last question. On a second and six play from their own 29-yard line, the Bills receiver goes out for a pass. The pass okay. is tipped by the Steelers' defensive lineman as it crosses the line of scrimmage. A Steelers' defensive back pushes the Bills' receiver to the turf, intercepting the pass, at the Bills' 38-yard line and returning it to the end zone. Okay. What does the referee call? That's a touchdown. Pass interference goes out the window when the ball is tipped. It has to be a touchdown for the Steelers. Yeah. It has to be. Because I that that's actually a reviewable thing. Like, I've seen replay situations where pass interference is called and then they'll review to see if the ball got tipped at the line. Because if the ball gets tipped, you can knock everybody over. I'll be honest. I think we went 10 for 10. 
I don't know that. Get, think, we definitely got close. I think the ones that'll the, the ball question, like how many balls, uh, the which officials, the backup timekeeper. I think some of those might be up for for discussion. I don't know. I think we may have gotten ten. Let's see. Let's find out, and we will find out. But. First, I am going to tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai. Got to pay off our last final sponsor. That is WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Go search their inventory. They got you covered, whether it's the Palisade, Sonata, the Elantra. They have your perfect make and model. If you are in the mood this holiday season to get an epic gift, maybe that 2021 Palisade, make sure Wilson County Hyundai is on your list. Visit WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Dot com. Moment of truth. Submit my answers. Let's see here. Dolphins punt to the Bengals. Runs the ball into the end zone. Is it a touchdown? Our answer was no from the muffed punt. That is correct. Jets linemen. Raises out of his stance. We said false start on the offense. That is correct. We're doing pretty good so far. Uh, pass tip by the Steelers defensive lineman. Goes back for a touchdown after pass interference. Your answer, a touchdown for the Steelers. That is correct. Home team is required to provide how many footballs for a game play? We said 32. The correct answer is 24. Hmm. That is incorrect. Well, I, I, I predicted that, that way, if we got one wrong, it would be that one. So, Which official function as the backup timekeeper? We said umpire. Correct answer is right. line judge. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I will keep that in mind. The fair catch interference that you were saying maybe 10 yards we said at the Browns' 35-yard line would have been a 15-yard penalty. That is correct. Okay. Which member of the offensive team can request a playable ball in increment weather conditions? We said center. The correct answer is center. All right. Okay. The drop kick is a legal play. Our answer was yes. The correct answer is yes. Doug Flutie did it, as we referenced. Do you know who he did that against? He was playing for the Patriots. Who was the opposing team? Was it the Titans in the 59 nothing game? No, it was the Miami Dolphins in 2006. Okay. Uh, let's see. Two more questions. Cowboys running back breaks into the Raiders secondary big play, making the tackle, the defender grasps the face mask, 15-yard penalty. That is correct. And last question, which two officials are responsible for ruling on the success of a field goal attempt? We said the back judge and the field judge. The correct answer is the back judge and the field judge. All right. So what, Eight nine out for of 10? 10? Eight out of 10, okay. Pretty good. Eight out of Pretty ten. Good. That was fun. I saw someone comment. I lost the comment. 
Um, they said, you know, that was, that was better than NFL cornerbacks trivia. And Bobby said that was the most fun trivia in a while. I, I agree. That was a lot of fun. That was, there we go. Eight out of 10. Good job, Luke. And we learned some stuff. So we thank did you to the chat. I'll double down on what Eric says. Thumbs up for all. Um, we've enjoyed it. Luke, thanks for filling in for Austin. Yeah. Austin will be back tomorrow and big win for the Titans. We'll see what they can do with it. And we'll find out the injury updates throughout the week. Yeah, everyone, everyone go to a to zsports.com, read my post-game column from after the game last night talking about how we need to reset our expectations for the Titans. I'll have a Vrabel question of the week video coming out later today that I recorded last night at the stadium. Uh, so good stuff all around. Listen to that man. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Adios.